FASWA is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit saswhat.com. Bigfoot experts say Ohio ranks fourth nationwide in the number of sightings. Now Bigfoot enthusiasts are coming together for a festival in Columbiana County. Matt Horn was there earlier. He joins us now live with the details. Dave, people from as far, as far away as Idaho were at the festival. Now, even though the festival has a Bigfoot theme, the money raised will help restore a historic part of the village. Corn dogs, deep fried foods, sweet tea, and Bigfoot. That's right, I said Bigfoot. I saw one in uh, 1997. I was looking at a deer for a couple minutes and it stood up on two legs. I have not. I'm one of the people who have not seen Bigfoot. Down in Latonia, Karen Yoho created the first Bigfoot festival. There, it's a huge following in this area. There have been lots of spot sightings of Bigfoot. In fact, so-called Bigfoot experts... This is Saswa, a podcast about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined tonight by my pal, Mark Matsky. Greetings from Southeast Ohio, Muskingum County. And not me. I'm not in Muskingum. Um, tonight... You could be, though. I could be you right could now. Come down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on down. Um uh, Tonight we're talking about Small Town Monsters for the final episode of Small Town Monsters Month, our first entirely themed month. And I know we cheated a little bit with two episodes entirely based around the Minerva sightings, but uh, I still feel like we got a lot out of this particular topic, and there's still a boatload of stuff we could mine from it. So eventually we might uh, kind of revisit this themed month idea. If you have ideas for themes or is something you want to see us talk about for any great length of time, please feel free to email it to us, sasswhatmail at gmail.com. And this is episode 51 of this beloved show, beloved by us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, tonight we're going to wrap up with, with some of the our favorite cases and, and whatnot about small town monsters. But before we get into that, I really wanted to mention that the probably one of the granddaddies of all uh, small town cases is the, the Boggy Creek case. And I think one of the reasons I don't talk much about the Boggy Creek case, it's not that I don't find it fascinating and I'm not really uh, intrigued by the whole thing because I do love the movie and... Um, but actually, the reason would be mostly because I feel like Lyle Blackburn has a corner on that. That market is cornered by Lyle. <clears throat> so um, if you haven't already, I would recommend his book, uh, The Beast of Boggy Creek. And um, he would probably be able to give you more information than Mark and I could ever dream of giving about the uh, Boggy Creek monster case. But that is a another one of these uh, very famous small town cases and kind of defines what a small town monster is, which is, you know, this monster that's seen multiple times by many members of the community and sort of becomes a local, um, a local, I guess, mascot. And that is definitely the case uh, with Boggy Creek, where there was this somewhat famous movie made about the creature. The town has kind of embraced it 
as the years have gone on and uh, to the point where now there's a a um, the monster mart is adorned with like a, a boggy creek beast kind of coming over the top of the roof so and and there's like a little mini museum in there and stuff so yeah the the boggy creek and I know boggy creek's important to you too mark it is that was uh you know my introduction to bigfoot was it has a lot to do with television, of course, with uh, Bigfoot and Wild Boy, and then uh, In Search Of. And that got me into the books, uh, Marion T. Place, mostly, uh, on the track of Bigfoot and Bigfoot all over the country. And another book that I read mentioned that this movie existed, and it took me a really, really long time uh, to actually see the movie, probably, probably about a decade between hearing about the movie and actually seeing it. And... Uh, once I finally saw it, I mean, it was extremely exciting for me to finally lay eyes on the thing. And it just had some of the most, and it continues to, in my opinion, has some of the most natural recreations uh, that you'll find in any Bigfoot film and, and uh, is understated in some cases, if that's possible, you know, for a, a Bigfoot movie to be. And uh, this, it didn't show too much, it didn't say too much, and it had a lasting impact, so... Um, so much so that I wrote a little article about it and submitted it to a fanzine and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's uh, and that article is on Sasswat. Um, it is somewhere. Yes. So if you go to Sasswat, buried deep in the pages. Yeah. Yeah, you can dig back through the archives and find it. It's a great article, mm-hmm. Mark wrote. Um, so this week we're gonna dig into a couple of cases. I only really have one left. I really want to talk about. So this show might be a little abbreviated. However. If it is abbreviated, um, you should be looking forward to July, no, June. I, I'm not even aware of what month that is anymore. Um, <laughs> it's currently May, yeah. is it? Yeah, it's May right now. Yes. During June, it is May. we're going to try to get some guests on the show because we haven't done any real uh, substantial interviews in a while. So we want to kind of have a few people back on <clears throat> to talk about the phenomenon. And no one is completely booked yet that I'm aware of, but we have some ideas so hopefully we'll be getting some guests mm-hmm. on the show during june and um we'll be talking about you know all sorts of stuff and the other thing that i mentioned a couple episodes ago is that mark and i are going to be doing some video shows coming up and i actually think we'll be filming at least a couple of those tomorrow so as for when i'll edit them and get them online it's kind of up in the air but hopefully we'll have yeah. something filmed and ready to uh, edit within the next couple days here so look for that too should i be practicing anything yeah uh, singing <laughs> just a lot of it's gonna be a musical show so oh, okay with the musical uh, yes so finally our angle yeah is we figured it out determined yeah yeah so if you have anything you want to hear us talk about on the video show <clears throat> we have fooled around with the idea of um you know kind of doing basically a, a takeoff on the show where we'll expand upon some of the things we're talking about on video and obviously I'll be doing some editing and adding in some some stuff so if you can if you're like for instance if we're talking about the Monroe monster which is something I'm about to talk about we might be able to show you sketches and pictures of some of the things that were actually taking place back in Michigan um, but beyond that if you have something you want us to do, on the big on the video show, um, not do necessarily. Don't tell me to like tap dance or something. Um, <laughs> right. 
If you have something you'd like to see us discuss on the show, send that in or post it on the Facebook page or or something like that. And oh, Bigfoot yeah. recipes, right, right. And before I go any well, further, um, I didn't mention it at all in the last episode. Minerva Monster is on Vimeo, so if you've heard us talking about it and you're not aware of what it is, it's my the movie I directed, not my movie. It's a whole team of people's movie. Um, but you can go on vimeo.com slash on demand slash Minerva Monster to stream it. So that makes it very easy. You don't have to wait on a DVD that way. Um, but yeah, Monroe, Michigan Monster. This is one of my favorite stories because more than likely this was uh, a case of either hoaxery or lying. But I have a story here from Monroe uh, that took this story ran in 1965 uh August 18th, and I think this is the first story that ran. It says, yes, sir, it's the greatest thing that's happened in Monroe since they put up the atomic power plant a few months back. Roads leading into the area are jammed. (laughs) Business is booming at local restaurants, motels, and service stations. They're coming from all over Michigan, said Police Sergeant Howard Quillen. The attraction? A seven-foot monster covered with black hair. Police said thousands of persons have been arriving here in the past few days to join in the hunt. Most of them are armed with tire irons and things like that, said Sergeant Quillen. Authorities made it clear they think the whole thing is absurd. The hunt for the hairy monster of Monroe was sparked by a report from 17-year-old Christine Van Acker and her mother, Mrs. George Owens. They said the creature accosted them as they drove through the area last weekend. I screamed and Christine screamed, said Mrs. Owens. I looked over at my daughter and there was this huge hairy hand on top of her head. Christine, sporting a beaut of a black eye, said the hairy thing clung to the car with one hand and to her hair with the other before loping away through the woods. Another young girl showed red marks on her arm as proof the monster dragged her away. Poison ivy, snorted a policeman. The gates to the Enrico Fermi... Fire me. Atomic power plant near here were locked and extra guards were posted after members of a ragged vigilante band tramped over the power company's property in search of the monster. Several of the hunters said they believe the creature is a nuclear mutation spawned by the atomic plant. George Spillison, the owner of a drive-in restaurant, said he doesn't care what it is as long as it stays around. My car hops were a little perturbed by all the guns and baseball bats at first, said Spillison, but we're doing a Friday or Saturday night business. Um, yeah, Monroe Monster. So so that story makes it sound like they were like driving in their car and the thing leaped in through an open window or something, but they were actually like sitting at a stop sign, and mm-hmm. this thing ran up and, and grabbed the lady's arm through the car. Now, I have a second story here I want to read because it – plays into the first one this one ran on the 24th of august the the headline is lie test slay seven foot monster the dreaded monroeville no the dreaded the dreadful monroe monster a hairy black creature is no more the beast was slain by a police lie detector the story of the seven foot tall monster was dismissed by state police as a hoax after a teenager and her mother flunked a polygraph test monday 
The ladies, however, are sticking to their story. Mrs. Ruth Owens, 37, and her daughter, Christine Van Acker, 17, said they had taken another lie detector test last week, which proved they were telling the truth when they reported being attacked by the monster. They said James Ford, a former judge from Fastoria, Ohio, gave them the lie detector test after he was hired by radio station WFOB in Fastoria. Station officials said the, that Ford was a trained operator of the polygraph or lie detector. Their story began August 11th on a lonely road outside of the city, 25 miles north of Toledo, Ohio. Christine said she and her mother were driving along when the beast popped out, grabbed their car, and struck her. Mrs. Owens said her daughter finally fainted and the monster ran off. It is our opinion that they were lying, said State Police Sergeant Frank Barkman, who administered the test Monday. I know what I saw and no one can change my mind, Christine retorted. Both women said they have seen the beast five times since June. Police have received reports from other area residents claiming the monster has been pestering them too. The reports resulted in civilian search parties, which one night last week brought out more than 1,000 hardy souls to join in the hunt through a wooded area surrounding the town. The monster was a boon to merchants in the area. Business was brisk at restaurants, serving stations and motels. One drive-in is still serving monster burgers. I'd like to go to Monroe and see if that still is a thing. Mm-hmm. Like if they still have the Monroe yeah. Monster Burger. So, yeah, this is – I love this case. <laughs> it was ongoing during that summer, and it didn't end with that last article, though it sounds like it did. I, there there are more articles out there. In fact, there were many a sighting after this supposedly was all put down by a lie detector test. Um, I've never spoken to these witnesses, but I mean to at some point here because – I think this story would fit in perfectly with small town monsters, even if it turns out uh, they were not being factual. Like, I remember reading that in the 90s, they were still sticking to their original story. Hmm. So, you know, a lie detector test isn't perfect, uh, but this story has so many cool facets to it with the posses of people looking for Bigfoot and this something you know is some hairy ape-like creature grabbing this woman through the car and even if they were just lying that in itself would be a fascinating study into uh humanity <laughs> yeah it absolutely would have you seen the illustration of the creature that they made i think i have it somewhere do you have it on you yeah i do okay can you send it to I me do. i'd love to see that sure okay. sure and it bears a strong resemblance to the illustrations that have been made of Momo, um, you know, sort of the almost the walking haystack yep. type look. Yeah. And also online you can find um, older newspaper reports, like here's one from the News Palladium, uh, Benton Harbor, Michigan, and it has uh, Christine Van Acker's picture. Yeah, I've seen that. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. from Evidently from the night of the attack, <laughs> and her face is all bruised up and yeah it, it's pretty wild um but it is it is very much as you say this would fit in perfectly with the whole uh ethos of small town monsters whether whether or not it's it's true if the creature really existed but it, it sure seems like you know whether or not these two were telling the truth there's also uh, cass county uh sister lakes which is not that all that far away i mean it's a pretty much across the southern portion of the lower peninsula of Michigan, mm-hmm. but the the description of the creature is very much uh, in line, uh, that same type of nondescript, big, long-arm-shaped 
Now you're from Michigan, right? Yes, I am. Do you do you remember hearing anything about this? Not no, not especially. Um and this had happened oh this was probably a couple years before I was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh most of the stuff that we heard about was just the occasional sighting actually up in the northern lower peninsula, uh places like Clare, Michigan and Bear Lake and places that I would go at, actually in uh Boy Scouts for our um camp every year. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be up in these beautiful uh, places in like Traverse City, Michigan, and so forth. And uh, there's a lot of sort of local friend-of-a-friend stories that go... Now, some of that's camp culture, of course, but, um, you know, and and uh, people pulling pranks and trying to fool prepubescent teenage <laughs> boys, right. stuff like that. Right. Um, so moving outside of Michigan, do you have anything... Aside from the Monroe case. Aside from Monroe, well, not especially All right. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, we're winding <laughs> down here on Small Town Monsters Month. So yeah. um, there was a extremely busy weekend last weekend, so the amount of uh, prep time for this particular episode was almost non-existent for me. But um, just in, I think we should try to wrap up a little bit of uh, the month and talk about um, just kind of the the whole small town monster concept in retrospect. You know, like what what defines a small town monster. And I know we've already done that. Like to me, it's not just a sighting report. It's not just someone seeing a, a you know a monster or it's not even a Bigfoot thing necessarily to me. I'm just as fascinated by like the, the Flatwoods monster as I am a Bigfoot scene mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, cause the Flatwoods case is so weird. It's like this reptilian thing that was in this floating cylindrical, uh, yeah. Cage costume, robotic underbelly. Um, yeah. And a mist coming out right. or something. Right. Yeah. And like I started talking about in the last episode, um, about the socio and economic implications. Someone who did a lot of writing about that stuff was Ron Schaffner, who Mm -hmm. uh, was a Bigfoot investigator in Ohio in the seventies and eighties and into the nineties who he's no longer into the subject. He's become very skeptical. Um, But Mm. he did a lot of very intelligent um, writing on the subject of Bigfoot, he sent me an article that he wrote called The Vigilante Factor as well, which goes into a lot of this kind of small-town monster stuff that we've been addressing without ever actually naming it like a small-town monster or anything. He just is talking about the the concept of like these bands of people descending on small communities and kind of going out in search of monsters. And uh, Ron was also the guy who wrote the extremely detailed report on the Minerva monster case, which was a case that he investigated within days of that sighting taking place. So um, I would highly recommend that Vigilante Factor article. And if you email me, I could probably send you a copy. I don't think Ron would, would have a problem with that. Um, but yeah, the... And also, Seth, don't his um, Creature Chronicles... Aren't those still online? You can find somewhere them. archived. Yeah, look up Creature Chronicles, um, and you should be able to find PDFs of those on someone's yeah. website. Um, mm-hmm. I know I have them all saved onto my iPad, and they're a really dense 
and uh, intriguing read. He is a he's a really good writer. Like I wish he was mm-hmm. still involved in the subject because I just feel like we're missing something with him not being into it. I like his skepticism. Sure, it's healthy, mm-hmm. and he. Uh, I mean those those newsletters of people go and look for those. They're just a snapshot of a an era of a really interesting time in the research and. You know, it's pre-internet. You have to recall that. You know that this is a uh, what would you say? It's a a paper and ink newsletter that went out, Mm -hmm. and you had to get on a list and know somebody almost uh, to be able to avail yourself of his information. But it is, it's so you know, and it it reaches other topics besides the Bigfoot topic. But it is definitely worth tracking down. I think those are pretty important documents. When you stop to think about it. There's an awful lot of stuff that we've talked about on this show that we might not even know about if it wasn't for Ron, Schna- uh, Ron Schaffner and his work. Yeah. Uh, we've relied on it pretty heavily, I'd say. Definitely. And I've relied on it for well over a year on a lot of uh, different projects and a lot of writing and, and filmmaking that I've done. So Ron's work is is great. And again, it's it all centers around that kind of small town concept. He looked into the big head sightings in Mansfield area. He researched the old orange eyes sightings. He had something to do with the Charles Mill Lake monster. So yeah, Ron's work is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, as we're wrapping this up, uh, just thanks to everyone who stuck with us through this month. And I know we spent a lot of time on Minerva Monster, so we'll be moving away from it. But it is available if you want to watch it. Uh, go online or whatever and look it up. But otherwise, we're moving into June, and uh, we'll be having on guests and that sort of thing. And be on the lookout for the uh, Minerva Monster, not Minerva Monster, Sass What video <laughs> show. <laughs> Uh, See, it's just it's I can't seeped get away in from it. Yeah. to the consciousness. Yeah. Yes, uh, probably episodes should be coming out by the time you're hearing this, actually. So just keep an eye on the interwebs. So, join the conversation at Facebook.com/slash SassWhat. Find us on Twitter by using the hashtag SassWhat, or you can find me on Twitter at SethBreedsLove. Mark Matsky is on Twitter at Reverend Matsky. Send your letters to SassWhatMail at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm.